the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sounds like the cue. Well, I can guarantee you one thing. There will be no shutting of the mouths this afternoon on the Stephen Tubb Show. Welcome back. It's your Thursday. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday Night's Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. So glad to have you here. And it is always my job to be 100% honest with you, speak from my heart, and I always do. And you can disagree, and I hope if you do that you'll uh, be willing to engage in a conversation, that you'll be willing to, I don't know, put me on the other side of your microphone or your television camera or your blog post. But I will always tell you what I believe from the bottom of my heart. And from the very bottom of my heart, it was the hardest thing in the world to turn in to the station today because I was riding a Harley, Blues Traveler was playing and blasting. The weather is so beautiful as we are at the end of summer now. And I just had to weigh in balance, you know. Man my age, how many more rides am I going to get? But then I made a promise to cover for Stefan. And, oh, man. So here I am, and we are fired up and ready to go. Good afternoon, Alexa. Almost always the first to text to the studio. Thank you very much for that. Our phone number here is 303-696-1971, 696-1971, and we've got a lot to do today. My good friend Jimmy Shepherd, uh, Jimmy Graham from Abel Shepherds, uh, is under a microscope, a Kyle Clark-level microscope. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The brand-new Keep Trump Off the Ballot Because We Are Terrified That When He Wins... He's going to continue to expose the truth about the 2020 election, about the lawfare that's been underway ever since, uh, that he will upset and overturn our Marxist government power money grabbing policies that we've had in place. Democrats are terrified of Donald Trump attaining the presidency again, and it's got nothing to do with insurrection or all of the other bullcrap that they share with you day after day after day. I will admit I have not had a chance to lawyer this lawsuit yet. My God, I just got it. Where is it? It's so huge. Oh, oh my back, 64. Um, let me see how many pages this thing is. It is over 100, 103, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, yeah, 8 or 9. Now, about 106 pages for this lawsuit. And... <laughs> From what I can tell, it's kind of farcical, although I have a feeling that this is going to run its course for a while, and we will talk about that. I've got some initial points. Again, have not you know broken it down like you would getting ready to respond to the thing, but um, we knew this was coming. It's coming in several other states, uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Um, God, North Carolina may have been one of the other states. It's kind of funny to me is why Colorado? I mean, Colorado is a good test case with a very left wing and power hungry secretary of state 
who's a, and an activist. I guess that's the better thing. Maybe anybody who aspires to you know political office is power hungry in some ways. I hope there are still some folks that are simply still there to serve. But um, there's a chance that this lawsuit has some success in the trial court level in Colorado, which then sets a precedent that other states can you know, utilize and rely on and see what the arguments against were and on and on. Because Colorado really has no bearing on the outcome of the presidential election. Now, they're trying to keep Trump off the primary ballot, and that may be successful um, temporarily. I don't think it will last all the way to the primary. They may get an initial injunction or something. We, we shall see. But how important is Colorado to Trump's ability to become the nominee? Probably pretty slim. Why wouldn't you bring this in a state where where the number we only have? A, I think we're up to eight delegates now. It used to be seven. Maybe that's wrong. But uh, I was one of those primary presidential convention delegates. But, but it's a small number. There are states with much bigger numbers that seem to have been might have been better targets for these radical leftists, including some Republicans in name only and even affiliated with Republicans. We'll talk about the mask-wearing Mario Nicholas probably later on if we get a chance. But uh, very, very fascinating, and we will dig down into it. One thing that I do know, I'm a trial lawyer, and so over the last few years, especially since COVID, I've been getting more and more involved in election litigation and uh, more administrative law type of issues and one thing I know for sure, this 102, or let's see, let's get it right, 103, 4, 105, okay, then all the signatures start. So over 100 pages for this lawsuit. This is getting dumped in the lap of a brand new Jared Polis appointed judge in Denver District Court. Her name's Sarah Block Wallace, but she's relatively new. She was appointed at the start of this year. And, you know, these ju these cases don't necessarily get they're not supposed to get just pointed to a particular judge that happens more often in federal court. These are supposed to be sort of random filings and random whatever. How would you like to be? And I don't know much about the background of this judge yet. We'll, we'll do a little looking in to see what her experience level is. But how would you like to be a relatively new judge and maybe a fine judge never appeared in front of her? Don't know what her practice areas were yet. Um, we'll talk about it when we come back to this particular topic later on in the show. But how would you like to be a judge with less than a year under your belt and you get this 100-plus page demand for a, a declaration that Donald Trump is ineligible to be on the Colorado primary ballot under these deadlines? Because the election law that this is filed under requires that this judge hold a hearing within five days. Within five days. In fact, I brought my statute book in here. Let's see. I don't even think the, there's a response deadline built in there. Let me just look at it. Yep. Any challenge to the listing of a candidate on the primary election ballot must be made in writing. And... 
Any such challenge must provide notice no later than five days after the challenge is filed. A hearing must be held at which time the district court shall hear the challenge and assess the validity of all alleged improprieties. Now, in most cases, and I'm darn sure it applies here, even though this isn't my primary practice area, but when it's less than seven days, you don't count the weekend. So this case was dropped on Wednesday. So that's... Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So by next Wednesday, this poor judge has to be in a full-fledged hearing in one of the most significant acts of lawfare that we have yet to see in this 2024 election cycle. And then it could be, you know, a couple-of-day hearing. Heck, it could go longer than that, I suppose. Uh, if It depends. And I have no idea who the lawyers are who are fighting this, if they're scrambling to file a written response, or if they'll just show up and challenge the allegations in this complaint. All brand new to me. I just started looking at this a few minutes ago. But then, after the five days, when a hearing has to be held, that means no later than next Wednesday, unless the parties agree. The parties could probably, the statute doesn't say so, but the parties could probably agree to enlarge that deadline. I think I've done that before in um, different but types of cases that fall under the same squeezed deadline. But if whether they do or not, once the trial is over, and it'll be up to the judge to decide how long each side has and how much evidence that uh, she will take in, she has to issue her ruling within 48 hours. Wow. Brand new judge. And, you know, again almost a year, but that's, I can tell you, it took a a very wise lawyer told me at the early parts of my soon to be starting 26 year career, told me that it takes about 10 years as a lawyer before you actually start to feel like, and, and really technically do know what you're doing. And it doesn't mean you can't work hard and, and, reread the rules and talk to older colleagues and, and go back and read all the practice guides and everything else, but to really be comfortable. And I, I, I sort of scoffed because, you know, I was pretty confident as a young lawyer, but, um, but as time went on, I really learned what that lawyer was talking about. I have to imagine that the same applies to a judge. So that's, that's a big meal. For her to begin consuming over the next five days will be fascinating to see how it plays out. And I do want to talk to you about it. Get your thoughts on it at 303-696-1971 later on in the show. I um, I do Saturdays from 5 to 8 p.m. here on 710 KNUS now, and I will not be here next Saturday. And it, in all likelihood, unless they agree to a continuance, man, this will have already been decided at the court level. Um, by the time I get back to do uh, my show a week from Saturday. Now, again, if it goes to a Friday, then her 48 hours, I think, don't include the weekend and that. So it could push back past the following weekend. But this should move really, really fast. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I There are a couple of problems with it that pop to mind. The, uh, the 24th Amendment. I believe, requires Congress to have passed some legislation. I know there's some court cases. In fact, they use, and again, I haven't read this, lawyered it. I had to scan it. They've used a number of pages to talk about why the states can actually make this decision on their own. But um, 
for instance, a site they made to a Neil Gorsuch case, Supreme Court justice now, Neil Gorsuch case. Um, and I haven't read the case, so I'm just pulling it out of sort of the comment that they made. Sounded to me like the state had to have a law in place in order to effectuate the 24th Amendment, the purpose, the the uh, insurrection clause that they're trying to invoke here on Donald Trump. And all I can say is what a sick and horrible joke. But next segment, we're going to be joined by my good friend Jimmy Graham from Abel Shepherds. I'll tell you about the, the let's see, we're five, four to seven here, the six o'clock hour. Very interesting. A colleague of the great swimmer Riley Gaines, who is now on a and seemingly a very successful mission to uh, push back on males dressing in female locker rooms and competing in female sports. And one of her team, I couldn't get to Riley tonight on short notice for doing the show, but I got to one of her teammates who will be a fascinating conversation that we'll do here in the 6 o'clock hour. But coming up next, I want you to stick around so you can hear from Jimmy Graham And maybe we should play this right now. It's only about a minute. This was Kyle Clark going after my good friend Jimmy Graham yesterday. Why did Abel Shepard deny being involved? Because Abel organized the the. All right, let me let me set this up just a little bit. There was some kind of a drag queen. uh, I don't know if it was library reading hour, drag queen hour, or whatever. And the accusation is that. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Abel Shepherds, they do all kinds of tactical training, uh, physical fitness, physical defense training. Um, it's a powerfully, uh, powerful spiritual organization as well. I would stand by Jimmy's side and be proud to be behind him or have him behind me anytime, anywhere. And he's accused of organizing some kind of, I guess, armed maybe rally against uh, some drag queen story hour, some other garbage that the left is doing and imposing upon our children, and then lying about it, I guess. So, um, again, I'm a little late to these stories, have not done a whole lot of background, so we'll learn about it together. But here's what Kyle Clark said, then we'll go to break and come on the other side with Jimmy Graham. Why did Abel Shepard deny being involved because when Abel you organized the, the disruption? We're a small company, and I've got one email address, right? Um, I don't know if we should have used a different email or these paid services and all that stuff. Um, the question that I understood was, was this an Able Shepherd event, meaning we pay our staff to go places? No, this was a bunch of um, friends of ours that agreed. And I said, I'm going, you're invited, and they showed up. You've said that Able Shepherd is not just a Christ-centered business, but it's a Christ-first business. Correct. Is it a problem for a Christ-first business to bear false witness? If they did that, it would be. Right. You lied to the public about Abel That's Shepard's involvement in this. You organized I, I the event and then afterwards said the, you weren't involved. The, the, the twist that you're trying to do, I just disagree. You I said pay people. Abel Shepard was not involved, and yet you organized the gathering, the disruption. That's involved they, they, by any definition. No, it's not. I understand your reach. I disagree. Okay. Frankly, I will never understand why conservatives waste one second going on TV with Sport Coat Boy. But we'll dig into that on the other side. 88 degrees here in Aurora, 90 degrees over there in Hell, otherwise known as my birth city of Denver. And we're just getting started here on the Stephen Tubb Show. I'm Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. So I have to admit, James, that I am not familiar with this song, although it did say, oh, it just 
just rolled over. It did say, what was it, short skirt, long hair? Is there something that Stefan is trying, some message Stefan's trying to share with the audience? James does not know, so we'll just uh, we'll just move on. Welcome back. I'm Randy Corcoran. I'm in for Stefan Tubbs. Uh, Tubster will be back tomorrow to kick off his final eight weeks. Wow, final eight weeks, not just here on 710 KNUS, but in the broadcast world. And uh, I've gotten to be good friends with Stefan, and um, and so that's a big deal. But you know his choice, and he's going out on his own terms, and that is cool for anybody, anytime. So uh, God love you, brother, and uh, we'll see you very, very soon. Anyway, he'll be back tomorrow. So synopsis of what's ahead. Five o'clock, my, uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, my good friend Kim Munson will join us. She is uh, one of my classmates from Leadership Program of the Rockies. She does radio in her own right, city councilwoman, former for... Uh, in Highlands Ranch, interesting story behind that. And she is involved in her first movie, which is called A Climate Conversation. And it's going to be pushing back on the climate hoaxing that is trying to turn your life, your future, your kid's future on its head. And it's uh, having a premiere here in Colorado end of the month. We'll have her on in the 5 o'clock hour to talk about that. And in the 6 o'clock hour... Uh, one of Riley Gaines, the Olympic swimmers, uh, Olympic swimmer, or was she a nationals gal? I nationals, yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, we couldn't grab her tonight, although eh, you never know, we might. But Paula Scanlon was on her swim team, exposed to the same disgusting nonsense that has led to, much like the school awakening, an awakening among parents and people of goodwill of what the heck we're doing to women with this majority, this minority agenda of the transgendered, uh, it's a remarkable thing. Anyway, we'll save all that because we've got an awful lot to talk about with my good friend Jimmy Graham from Able Shepherds. Jimmy, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate you. Appreciate Stefan. You, you better believe it. And I, I played about a minute from an interview you did with Kyle Clark um, or Suit Coat Boy. It's really much more apt way to describe it i did not get to see the whole interview i only saw about a minute of it but um something that struck me is very is is kyle sick does he have COVID or something i mean he's seated he must be seated what three and a half yards four yards away from you to do this interview did he think you'd lump you know launch out of your seat or um that you were contagious or do you have any idea why you were staged so far apart it was strange. We met here locally at a park, and when I got there, they were set like that. And that was the first thing in my mind is like, what's happening here? Like, I've never done an interview that far away from a person. Yeah. Was in a COVID thing. He shook my hand, and and you know, and uh, you know, is is cordial uh, coming and going. Uh, just knowing that that's not what's coming in the interview. I always know that. Yeah, no, Kyle is always very nice to me, <laughs> but I, I just I always scratch my head when conservatives go on a show like that because I, it's really even if you have good moments, good points, the likelihood of them actually getting played on the broadcast seem pretty slim. Yeah, yeah, we what you didn't see is off camera. Um, I had a friend standing there with a camera on her and uh, capturing all of it uh, to to be released once it gets sliced and diced. Oh, good. So we'll get to see the whole thing, uh, the, not what made it on, just made it onto the show. Yeah, in all fairness, he did on his website put that on there as well, put okay. the whole interview. Good. 
So uh, I would encourage you to watch not that, not the clips and all the twists and turns. Sure. Well, it sounds to me like you've been under tremendous attack. And I, I was reached out to by multiple people who said, uh, you know, just see what's going on with Jimmy and, and all of that. And um, you know much how much I appreciate your service and the, the training that you do in communities and to, you know, raise up uh, strong men and all of those things. And so I just thought it was a great idea to get you on and hear your side of the story. I gave a brief synopsis based on my limited knowledge of what was going on and what happened. So let me just kick it over to you to lay the groundwork for our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I felt compelled to stand. You know, it's uh, you know me. I know you. It's like sometimes you're like you can't sit there and say somebody should do something if you're that person of action where you're like, hey, how about you? You know, that's gotten me in trouble, but it's served me well. Um, so. When there was going to be very, very close to my home across the street at the Douglas County Fairgrounds was going to be not not just a pride fest. People can do my buddies fought and died so that people can do kind of what they want to do. But when you involve children and alcohol and there's going to be tipping for sexual and performances and things like that, I just simply disagree. So I get to say that in a still free country. You know, like I said, my, my, my service in the SEAL teams, my service in the, in the CIA, I have now that's under attack. Oh, how was he let go from service? We should look that up. And he was probably dishonorably discharged. You know, as a patriot <laughs> that loved this country, you should be frustrated if it's deteriorating in front of your eyes. So I just simply disagree. And in this free country, I get to say that. And when I said I was going to, many men said, this is the way that I shepherd. I'm going and you're invited. And many men said, I'm coming with you to simply stand and just say, I disagree. All right. So a lot to unpack just just right there. I mean, obviously, you're just getting a taste of something the left has perfected very, very well, this cancel culture. Uh, they cannot allow opposing views, opposing voices, and anyone who shows up with the presence has to be attacked and destroyed. Uh, and uh, you're getting a taste of that medicine. We, we all know what to expect with it. So give me just a little more detail. What was this event going to be? They were going to be tipping drag queens? Kids were? So the drag show, the Pride Fest, obviously, you know, we've had that for several years here. They've had a bad track record of the past at least two, so this will be the third year, where there was a uh, wardrobe malfunction. So a young mind watching this, and then a fake breast pops out, and a nipple is exposed, and they don't know it's fake. They just, my kids, you know, they, they, I don't let them watch this, but they're like, what? Like that look in a kid's eyes, and they're like, what's happening? Because that looks like a, a man that's shaved, and then now they're performing art. Um, so... The common thing is, well, then just don't take your kids. It's like, well, I just love my kids. I love all kids. And and if I took my child into a, uh, a strip tease and had him tipping a woman, I would go to jail and child services would be involved, right? But somehow if it's not a woman, then it's okay. So this attack that you just mentioned on women and the beauty that is a woman and all the strength that, strength that come with it, being degraded, it's being taken away and called art. So I just disagree. So when I did that, I was going to stand with a shirt on that said in the front of it, it said, stand to protect children. And on the back, it said, Jesus loves you, and so do I. So I was going to put my back to that performance, saying I just made Jimmy Graham disagree, but something true, Jesus loves you, and so do I. I didn't want it to be a thumb in the eye. I just want to be like, hey, it's one man standing. But then 70, they're, they're calling it 70, somewhere between 700, 70 and 100 men joined me, right? And they don't like that, because that's strength. And it was quiet strength. We were standing there, and they said really nothing, um, you know, modeling not toxic masculinity, but righteous masculinity. And there was a training that the Douglas County Commissioners called, because it's me, they falsely assumed it's Abel Shepherd, and they falsely assumed it was armed because of my background and firearms training and all that. But we also offer unarmed training and deconfliction 
and how to stand in self-control. So that's what the training was about. So in saying that there was going to be armed conflict, they spurred the other side to recruit armed people. Uh, one of the booths was, I think it was gay Republicans or something like that. They said, we were expecting 300 armed men to storm through this place. So it's just a very dangerous assumption because, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham, because it's the training, it must be armed, it must be Navy SEAL, whatever. In reality, the training was on self-control and, and I'm going to be unarmed. Actually, I'm hardly ever unarmed, but this calls for that. I feel led to be unarmed and model strength for a world that needs it. So that's, that's what upset them so much. We were met with vulgarity. We were met with physical violence. People were assaulted. We captured on video. There's an ongoing investigation, but it just, they lost their mind when strong men stood. Now, let me just ask you about the assault portion, because yeah. of course I was emceeing a pro-police rally that uh, Antifa stormed the stage. The founder of pro-police rally Colorado hit over the head with a longboard and uh, they damaged music equipment. Um, my wife and I were literally wheeling and dealing up there on stage in the midst of some people who were, you know, very professionally dressed. They had um, flapjacks, for lack of a better understanding of what the thing was actually called, you know, in their hands or in their pouches and just all kinds of things right, right there, right next to us. And cops were standing around. People were being uh, old people being pushed downstairs. Uh, a former congressional candidate injured her knee being shoved down concrete stairs and just on and on and on. And the cops just stand there. And I literally, I've never gone to look for the body cam footage of this, but I kept going to the woman who was in charge of this force and saying, that, well, they have a right to be heard. I, this isn't anyone being heard. This is an assault. This is disruption of our lawful and peaceable, peaceful assembly. And the cops just stand around. Is that what you guys experienced as well? You know, the absolutely supportive of uh, Douglas County. Um, hey, man, uh, so am I. But behavior is behavior, you know? I know. The thing is, here's the thing that just baffles me is that if I commit a crime in broad daylight with police present, I expect to go to jail. This is a weird thing where people don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. There's a protected class that's being, that's being built. And I just disagree. And that's what I just, you know, I went with the sheriff's department and submitted videos and submitted, you know, testimony and, and talked to them and all that. Um, they assured me that that would happen. Like people that, that broke the law will be held accountable. And I said, that's what I'm counting on. But my my, my question, Jimmy, and I appreciate you wanting to, you know, um, stand up for law enforcement. I did it on stage many, many years in a row. But were cops standing around watching your people be assaulted? The, yes. There were, there were police officers there because of all the um, attention here. There was both sheriff and PD, okay. right? Yeah. Both the sheriff and PD knew that I was going to come, not to disrupt anything. We, do, we didn't go to disrupt it. This is the truth. I've got this all on video. We were going to stand in the aisles and just display a shirt. Sure. Then, being cute, they invited us. Like, we know about your scheme. Do you want to do that now? Come on up and show your shirt. So I go, okay. So I went up there. They weren't expecting that many. And now the whole crowd turns white. The whole shirt, like everywhere, turns white. And they're like, uh-oh. You know? And then, you know, we were, they were asked to leave. And I went over to talk to their representation and the, and the police and said, what are, we, what are we looking at here? Do you want us to go? And then they negotiated a deal to just, hey, we'll stand in the aisles. So we stood in the aisles. But they didn't tell the organizer that. So there's an internal, just they're melting down. Um, it's, it's actually comical if it wasn't so destructive. But now they just, they, the right hand's not speaking to the left, and the police are like, they're not breaking the law, and your guy just invited them to stay, and it was a big mess. 
but they can craft it however they want because you know for their narrative and i just i just simply disagree like to stand there and i was called coward i was called al-qaeda i was called isis i was called all of this right they don't those those seal tridents don't give those away right you got to earn them and i've got a medal at home that says hero on it so that's yeah, of course. which one is it right so it's just there doesn't have to be anything true i've got people staff that were there because they're my friends. And they're like, this was an organized Abel Shepherd business thing. And I was like, well, they weren't getting paid. One guy wasn't even there, but they found another bald dude with glasses and they accused him of being there. You know, so now his family's under attack. So yeah. at some point, somebody has to stand and say, I disagree. And this is not okay. And there's well, and a nation it, to be lost. And here's the difference between the two sides. And nobody ever wants to draw this distinction. When uh, Michelle Malkin and I put together the Stand with Ice rally, we went and held a peaceful assembly. And Tay-Tay Anderson and his band of merry uh, fascists, and they, they claim to be anti-fascists, but they're absolute, uh, they're, they're looking for violence, they're looking for overthrow, uh, they're looking for their way or the highway, and they showed up to disrupt with megaphones. It would have turned um, violent, except we had massive police presence there that particular day. Uh, and yeah. when, when they came to the pro-police rally, they, their intention was to go violent as quickly as possible. And they're just they're just uncomfortable when people show up not intending to go violent, but who are ready to defend themselves. Or just disagree. We were yeah. at one event and you were there and there was taunting going on. Well, I said a prayer. Do you remember that? Uh, Tig, God bless you, brother. He's up and he's mad and he's passionate and he's just being Tig, right? And then you invited me up and I said a prayer. And it was like, that's exactly right. I'm praying for these people. When we left, people were chomping at the bit to get us to fight, saying yeah. those things to when you and we didn't take the bait, and somebody did, and a man was killed, right? Well, it was a different um, rally, the different rally than the one yeah. I was talking about, but yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, right. We, we, we were there praying and singing and hearing from people that we admire about things that matter, and uh, and they're, they're looking for any way to, to start a fight. And, you know, in a state like Colorado, they have the protection of, of not necessarily law enforcement because most cops out there want to do their job and do it properly. But then you get to these district attorneys and the lack of prosecutions. And uh, and they just know that they're, they're sort of a protected class of their own. Um, Jimmy, we haven't really gotten to the meat of the matter yet here on why... Uh, Kyle had you on and claimed uh, claims that you're, you know, lying and that sort of thing. Do you mind sticking through a break so we can have a good uh, full segment? Because there's also another piece to this story now, I understand, regarding the Douglas County Sheriff. And I'd like to hear about that as well. All right. Jimmy Graham stays with us. I hope you will, too. I'm Randy Corcoran in for Stephan Tubbs. And right now we're going to check in with Lori Kelman in the 710 KNUS newsroom. Fill in here more often. This music's pretty cool. You responsible for this, James? James Nichols behind the glass today doing yeoman's work. I am not responsible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wonder, is Tubbs going through like a change of life or what's going on? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. My right. life crisis, something like that. He should just buy a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. I I know Joe Biden's got one that uh, if he ever goes to prison, he may need to sell. Anyway, we're back. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday Nights. I'm in for Stefan Tubbs. Stefan will be back tomorrow to begin his final eight weeks, not just here on 710 KNUS, but in radio after, what, a three-decade career. So that's uh, that's kind of sad, but pretty cool. I mean, there are many facets to life, and apparently he's ready for another one. So i um, glad to have a chance to sit in and spend some time with you. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. I promise we will have some open lines later in the show. But I want to pick up our conversation with Jimmy Graham. If you're just 
joining the show. There was uh, some kind of a drag queen kids event uh, where apparently children were going to be encouraged to tip the dancers. And and listen, if you if you just know about this issue peripherally, you should get on the Internet and go find some video and see just how disgusting some of these people look. They don't just dress up as, the, you know, men dressing up as women. Sometimes they make themselves look like demons, like monsters, like horror characters. It's it's terrifying for some young children. And uh, and I uh, it's very damaging, in my humble opinion. And I'm so glad that parents and folks like Jimmy, who's also a parent, are willing to speak out. And Jimmy apparently put out the word that he was going to go and, and stand up and uh, and be present and express his opposition to this peacefully, and others decided to join him. And the fallout of that, part one of the fallout of that, was uh, an interview on Kyle Clark's show next where Kyle basically accused you of being an outright liar. So let's get to that piece now, Jimmy. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting because uh, you know, he said bear fault as a Christian. You know, should a Christian bear fault with witness? Yeah. Uh, which you know, Kyle Clark is probably the last person in Denver that's qualified to call me a liar, right? His his livelihood is, is false witness. So yeah. Not a lot of credibility there. Um, he's twisting those words, and he was saying was an Able Shepherd funded thing. Like I said, we we have a lot of people that work together that are friends, and we invite people to all kind. I'm going, you're invited, is a common thing. I'm going, you're invited. And they come, and some of the things are sanctioned, Abel Shepherd events, and the other things are personal events. This is a personal Jimmy Graham's going to go stand. And yes, there was tracking. Did you use so, this email and, and get in the minutia of that? that? That was going to be my question. Is that the issue that it, that this this uh, notification of what you were going to do went out on a sort of a general Abel Shepherd's population kind of email? Yeah, I believe it was like a you know uh, maybe it's a sign up genius or some kind of service. I don't I don't work any of that stuff. I can't even touch technology or breaks. But but I've got people that do that. And I, evidently, the point he's trying to make is that it went out on on one of our uh, paid services, like a Sign Up Genius or something like that. Um, and then, you know, and, 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 and uh, to call out liar and to call out all of these other things, when really it's it's a, it's a distraction to get away from. Uh, a man stood, other men stood, and it was a powerful thing, and it was a message to the community. But we really quickly got to deviate from that and create our own narrative. Yeah, yeah, great point. And don't you feel like Jimmy? I mean. Yeah, there, there are so many things that just over the last couple of years have exploded into the mainstream narrative about kids in school, what they're being taught, the, the transgender, the, the genital mutilation, all of those different things. But don't you have a sense, and I've been saying this for a long time, I guess if you say the same thing long enough, eventually you're right, that we're really in the midst of a great awakening, that more and more people are coming out of their... 9 to 5, ABC, CBS, MSLSD, Clinton, Corrupt News Network, media, um, you know, bubbles, and and finally paying attention to what's been going on behind our backs for such a long time. And we're simply stepping up, standing up. And the left, that's why they're so frantic. That's why they're so extreme. That's why they're so desperate. That's why they actually act almost demonic sometimes in their responses. Yeah, I just heard on the break, you know, that the Polis is going to up that the government, you know, workforce by 50 percent or some of the educational workforce opportunities God. and all that. I've said this for so many years. I saw it first in the CIA. Give You want to keep a good man quiet, give him a good deal. You give him a pension, you give him a job. The, my buddies that are in the federal government or law enforcement or fire or even big business, they're like, I would have joined you. I support you, but. And and respect, I'm like, That's, you just found your price, brother. Like, they don't know yeah. where to stand. 
or I can't stand. And if you're willing to forfeit your children's future because you couldn't find your feet, okay, you can do that. I'll stand for your kids too. Well, it does, we don't need a majority of them. Uh, we just need enough uh, good men and women willing to stand up. And I, when I look around, when I see the response to so many of the things that are being you know shoved down our throat, I, I my sense is, of course, my hope is and my prayer, but my sense is that we have those numbers building all around us. And that's one of the reasons the left is moving so quickly and acting so extreme. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. So let's get to the part two of this now. So the big hullabaloo is, oh, Jimmy invited people out on an, on a, an email that uh, Abel Shepherds uses. And so, and then he lied about it because he claimed it wasn't an Abel Shepherd event. So that seems like nonsense. Number one. Now I heard some kind of a rumor about something with the Douglas County Sheriff's Department and and the good men and women out there. Right. So we've done, you know, joint trainings. We've done things with them. We are the, you know, experts on what we do as far as active shooter training. Um, You know, Darren Weekly, they were trying to first say that we're we're friends, we're buddies, and we're getting preferential treatment. It's not true at all. Uh, Knowing that I was going to go to that thing, you know, uh, in a peaceful manner. If you're a peace officer and people are peaceful, you're on the right side. You're on the same side. Right. Um, now they're claiming that the Douglas County and, and Sheriff Weekly in particular is separating from Abel Shepard, is separating from Jimmy Graham uh, because of a statement. And I'll read it. Cooperation between citizens and law enforcement is valuable, but it must be within legal boundaries to ensure everyone's safety. In the setting of the podcast you referenced, I dismissed the scenario as unrealistic. I should have been more cl- I should have been clearer on my answer. Anybody would answer that. That's a, the answer I would expect from Sheriff Weekly. Right. That, of course, we're going to do it lawful. Kyle tried to present some kind of picture of us you know, arm in arm battling it out in the streets with our local sheriff. Here's the truth that's always been the truth. The sheriff's department needs our support, period. Like when there was the STEM shooting, we had 300 officers show up at STEM. You know where they weren't? They weren't in Castle Rock. They weren't in where they came from because they rushed to shave children. You know where I was? Protecting my children. Why? Because it's my job, right? Betcha. So you can say, do I need to ask? sheriff weekly to protect my child absolutely not that's never been the question it's not their job to protect my kid it's mine right if they're there of course they're going to protect our community now they're trying to make me look like a you know some jesus freak militia that's what that's operating you know on his own without any kind of oversight it's just ridiculous so what's the current status then between you and sheriff weekly and and um and douglas county sheriffs has anything actually changed no, not at all. Like I respect them. They're trying to cancel. Um, they, they've attempted. They did. They were successful in, in Arapahoe County, which I disagree with. We had a free event that we were going to be, ta- um, um, you know, participating in that was going to make communities safer. Uh, and then we were we were uninvited. Their, their term was paused. Uh, you don't back down to a bully, or you're kind of screwed for life. So that was a bad move, right? So just to boldly say the truth and say this is free, and the objective is a safe community would have been a good answer from an elected sheriff. Uh, that wasn't the answer. There's been other attempts to cancel things where people have said, Jimmy, they called me. They pressured me. Um, that kind of ticks me off. You're welcome here. You keep standing. We stand behind you. So as far as some of these churches out there, some of these groups and, uh, and, and Douglas County Sheriff, we're good to go. We're good. We were never bad. Well, I'll tell you, d- during the time of the pro-police rallies and after the, the death of Lee Kellner and, and the prior rally when Antifa stormed the stage and... And just throughout the years, and it's no different today, I would get text messages like this one that just came into to the studio. Hey, Randy, I'm a cop, not with DPD. I fully support the lawsuit, the lawsuit about the uh, 
the Antifa attack at the, one of the rallies and understand your criticism. That was bleep, bleep, bleep. And uh, so some cops stay quiet because they need to, to to protect their jobs and their families. And I fully understand um, the thin line that they're walking. And uh, But we know that law enforcement – in fact, I had um, – oh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. I had uh, John um, – Fabricatory on a show I did last week, and uh, he said when we did that stand with ICE rally that one of the things the officers came up that meant so much to him, and, and when he shared it with us in the audience, it meant so much to me, was how much they appreciated citizenry standing up for them simply trying to do their job. That's right. You can always fill up those events, and I've been there with you and many others. Um, where, are the, where are the officers facing? Yeah. You don't put your back to a threat. Right. We've seen a lot of the backs of police officers because they're not worried about any kind of danger coming from our side. Man. I was talking to the sheriff's office and they said, we have that zero complaints or anything filed against your people. I go, you know, why? Because they didn't do anything. They didn't even say anything. They just stood. Right. But that we were fearful. We were scared. We were scary and all that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. It was very interesting. No, what a great point that is, because uh, I can just visualize every one of those rallies that I was on stage for uh, the cops. They, got, they weren't watching us. They were watching the people that were surrounding us, and that, that happens every single time. Jimmy, we are flat out of time, uh, but I really appreciate your time, and if there's anything else I can do to have your back, uh, you let me know. And I want you to know I've gotten your kind words and your invitations over the last few months as well, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. God bless you. All right, the music's here. That means hour one is long gone. I want to talk about Fauci. I want to talk about this Trump Trump lawsuit. I want to talk about anything that's on your mind. So you stay with us. Second hour's ahead on 710-KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.